If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlu and Steve since the sandbox. Oh man, I'll tell you, that intro never gets old. Shout out Uncle Tony. Absolute banger for an intro. I love that. Gets me amped every episode. But since the Sandbox fans, we're back, and it's that time of the week. It's all ball. And we're going to talk some of the headlines, biggest headlines, throughout the the past week. And the first one I'm going to jump into, and the one that I'm sure a lot of people have been waiting for us to talk about, Kyrie Irving. I mean, we know what happened this past week. No show, no call. Quote, I just didn't want to play was his excuse. So, Stephen Lou, I mean... I guess the first question I want to ask is if you're the Nets front office, A, what do you think of this going forward in the future? And B, what do you do as far as a disciplinary act, if you do any kind of disciplinary act? I mean, is this really a surprise with Kyrie? Seriously, after what we've seen to this point, after what we've heard come out of Kyrie's mouth, is since he's been on the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, I don't think this is shocking at all. And Kev, I said this to you when we were setting up the Sims of Sandbox studio a little bit earlier. Who knows how many games Kyrie and KD may play on the floor again this year. I mean, it could really be a limited amount. I mean, I know Kyrie could also come back next week and be absolutely fine. And I know KD is going to be limited to an extent on on the amount of time he plays. But I feel like this is going to be more of an impact than we think. I think other players on the team might take it personal. Like, oh, why can't he just take, you know, a game off and... If I'm Steve Nash and Kyrie's not the one that reached out to me to say, hey, like, I'm not going to be there or give a better reason than what he said, I'm pretty pissed. I mean, you're a head coach of a, of a basketball team and you're trying to have the respect of men and you can just blatantly disrespect me like that. Yeah, I'm I'm going to handle that a certain type of way. So I, I think even possibly like a suspension is something that could be like loomed. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think it, it could if it was something that continued, you know. But if I'm the front office, I'm very wary about it. And I think that this is going to damage, you know, whatever expectations or other interests m- many other teams around the NBA would possibly have with Kyrie. Yeah, and see, I think you said it right. Not shocked, just disappointed. It, it's like, when you think of it, it's a first-year head coach who they were upset they have there. You're talking about an NBA legend. He cannot get notice right. on if he's going to be out or not. That is so uberly disrespectful. And then to text everyone on the team but him. That's like telling your friends to tell the teacher you're going to be out. Like, that doesn't <laughs> it count never worked. <laughs> that never works. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to still get a day off. But then to tell the media, I didn't want to play. Just shut up, dude. Tell them your kidneys were failing. Something happened. Your <laughs> your kid got in a bicycle accident. Just shut your mouth. <sighs> and if you didn't want to play, that's all well and good. You don't have to play all 72. But to tell the media, like, I don't want to play. That's like Tom Brady being like, coming out and being like, I hated New England. I hated Bill Belichick. Like, you don't say those things out loud. You imply them. Look, you know what it shows me? It kind of shows me that he really only plays for money. That's it. You know That's what I mean? It. Because, I mean, if you could just say, I, I didn't want to play. I mean, there's guys out there that play just for the love of the game, and, and they don't go home with nearly a quarter of what Kyrie will ever make in his career. You know what I mean? It, it, it really is crazy, and... You know, I think that's something that is going to get noticed, like I said, by other teams. 
Yeah, and for a disciplinary, the only way I think to solve this and like the load management problem is when players miss games for non-injury related or family related reasons, they don't get paid for that game. If anybody else in America doesn't show up to their job and they're not sick, going to a funeral or have another obligation that actually matters like a kid or something like that, they don't get paid. Why are these dudes like Kawhi Leonard sat out 20 plus games last season? Still got 82 games worth of pay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How, how is that fair? And, and, and if you're not going to, at some point, like discipline them, it's just going to keep happening. And I know there hasn't been load management this season because we've seen it hurts like camaraderie and how people, you know what I mean, win games. And yeah. you're right, dude. If him and, if him and K- KD don't get on the floor together a ton and the bench players are like, these dudes want to play with us like yeah. we're getting beat by the thunder without them Absolutely. And they just want to show up when they can get out of here bro two corn balls yeah yeah and i think the i think the thing that bugs me the most too is like his excuse is oh i just didn't want to play and like my whole thing is like you're kyrie irving if you call steve nash up and say i don't want to play chances are you're not going to play but you can still show up be on the sidelines even if you're not dressed you know what i mean come up with some excuse why you're not playing but, like, I just don't understand. Like, I I really am starting to think there's something mentally wrong with Kyrie Irving. I really do, whether it's bipolar or something. Because to be, like Lou said, a man and not call your head coach and say, yeah, like, I'm not going to be there. You're not, not that that's bad enough that you're just not showing up. You can't even give the guy a phone call. You know what I mean? So it, it's just crazy, honestly. And to think that, like, Ryan Shazier, after, like, getting paralyzed shows up to some Steelers games. Yeah. And Kyrie can't show up on a personal day. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like his no. favorite soap was on. He just wanted to hang out and watch uh, The Real Housewives in New Jersey at 8 o'clock. And, and you know what's crazy too? Is Kyrie's out here saying he didn't want to play. What does that go to show all the kids out there that are huge Kyrie Irving fans that may wake up and don't want to go to school that day? You know, you know what I mean? Or Kev... I couldn't just call Steph and be like, "Yo, Steph, I don't, I don't feel like coming to practice today." I, I couldn't call Phil and I couldn't be like, "Yeah, I don't feel like coming to teach today." You just can't, you can't do that stuff. So, for for him to be to think that that's like something that should be accepted, and because it means something personal to him that it should be valued. I mean, just think like he just prioritizes himself way too much. Yeah, and the last thing I'm gonna say is, if I'm a guy like Karis Levert, I'm looking down the bench and I'm like, all right. We got Spencer Dinwiddie out for the year. Lord knows what's going to happen with Kyrie, whether they sit him or not. If I'm Karis LeVert, I'm like, all right, this is my shot. Like, I got Kevin Durant on the floor with me. You it's know time what I mean? Ball. Like, Kevin Durant, <laughs> even though he is kind of a prima donna, you know at the end of the day he still wants to win, and he wants to win a ring on a team where he's the guy and Steph Curry's not the guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think he's going to want to win, and I think Karis LeVert is a very good player, and I think we're going to see him – be very take a big step this year, especially if Kyrie ends up being sidelined for games or pulls another I don't want to play stunt. But anyway, on to our next topic and a topic that we dealt with heavy last year. We were hoping this wasn't going to be the cause again, but this past week and even these past couple of weeks, we've seen handfuls of games get postponed and we've seen players all across the league test positive for COVID. So I mean, what's what's the next step? Do you ride it out and see if it gets worse? Or do you, if you're the NBA, do you think about possibly going back into a bubble? Or is that, you know, 
is this too long of a period to be in a bubble now for an entire season? Yeah, I think the regular season in a bubble like just is impossible. Like the dude, they're not gonna like the NFL wouldn't sign up to do it for 17 minimum weeks. The NBA is a longer season, even though they cut it. Yeah. Uh, finish the regular season out, delay the games, and then put the playoffs in the bubble because you, you can't postpone playoff games. Uh, the same teams will most likely be in it, or the majority. Right. Maybe three or four different ones will have to acclimate to that. But those teams were still in the bubble in the beginning, playing out those eight games to get in. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. There's just no fans. And I'm not worried about the regular season. Just relax. Pace out the games. You have been, We have ten less games this year. We can kind of have them, you know what I mean? Say the Celtics play a three o'clock game one day, and the next day they play a ten o'clock game on the West Coast. Like, you know, break it up. And I think it'll be all okay just... It's too late for a bubble. Like, it, you can't ask these guys to just... It, it, that's, what, four months without their fan? Like, it, it's just not possible. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in the middle of the season, I can't really see them transitioning into that. But I definitely think, you know, going towards the end of the season, you know, postseason, that's definitely a possibility. And, I mean, if it was more realistic, Lou, like you were saying, to to be done right now for the regular season, I'm sure, I'm sure it would have been more strongly yeah. considered. But... Like you said, there's that many people, that many lives, too many moving pieces, contracts, money, too many things that we don't even bring into a conversation that matter um, to help make those decisions. But yeah, it's definitely going to you know, continue to affect teams throughout the course of the year. And it obviously just shows that, that you know some of those guys, whether they're taking care of themselves or whether they're just going out every night, you know, COVID's still a thing. And it's going to impact this season, but what that could be good for is teams that have depth. It could be good for teams that are young and maybe teams that are trying to make you know, a playoff push and need to figure out what roles are going to be had. Obviously, you know, on a team like the Celtics, when we're getting impacted by as strongly as we are right now, that's not beneficial. But it is nice seeing, you know, Pritchard getting a, a lot of burn right now. You know, he's going to be good and someone that I think after what we're seeing, you know, can really develop a, a role as maybe a sixth guy or, or even an eighth guy, depending on what we do for trades going forward. And I think there's going to be a lot of those roles that happen with a lot of other the other teams too. So now maybe we could be valuing depth a lot more and a lot differently than we have before. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely I definitely do, you know, hope that the season stays put and, and we can continue to have games here in Boston, even though there's no fans. Uh, it's still good knowing they're playing right there at the Garden all lit up, that nice new TD Garden. Uh, but anyway, on to our next topic. And, Steve, I'm interested to see what you have to say, but, Lou, I'm especially interested to see what you have to say. So, LaMelo Ball, obviously, we saw our youngest player to record a triple-double. So, I have a couple questions. One is the hype rail. Two, and Lou, this is the question I'm, I'm curious because me and you have had conversations about Lonzo Ball, and I think me and you tend to see the better side of Lonzo Ball, even though people tend to hate on him. So is the hype real? Is he or will he be better than Lonzo, or is it too soon to tell? I mean, I think the hype's somewhat real. I think he's a good offensive player, but like, what wins in this league like isn't just crazy offense. I think he's definitely skilled. I think he's more skilled than Lonzo for sure, offensively. Would he, is he a better player? I would say no. He's not as good of a passer, uh, he's not as good of a defender, he's not as good of a rebounder, and he doesn't really have the attitude yet. Like, he's kind of known for, like, being selfish. Again, he's doing this on the Hornets, where Devontae Graham's having the worst season of his career, Terry Rosier is the highest-paid player on the team, Gordon Hayward's the big free agent acquisition. 
I'm well, not imagine. too excited about it. Like, that's the biggest free agent acquisition they've had in years. No, te- Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward make the most of their money. That's, that's crazy. insane. Think about that. <laughs> and Lonzo is a productive winning player on a winning team. That may He may never put up tons of stats, but I will take Lonzo's 13, 8, and 5 with impe- impeccable perimeter defense. Consistently. Consistently over, over LaMelo's, say, 18, 18, 10, and 4 and giving up, you know what I mean, Ole layups. Yeah, and, and that's all one night. The next night he can have like like 6, 2, and something, yeah. you know what I mean? But I think he could be better than Lonzo in the long run, but just not right now. It's just Lonzo's poised and... He started off in the worst situation possible with LeBron there, who's a point guard, at his position, then gets traded. And then they draft another star, and he still acclimates and gets better. And then they fire their head coach, and he's having his best shooting season yet. So I, I it's too early, but LaMelo's definitely a, a good basketball player. He can score the ball. Yeah, I definitely think it's too early, too. With him being his brother, I mean, they're always going to get compared. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it It's always going to happen. And, and to be honest, I think they're, like, two different complete types of players. Really? I, I think I think if you put Lonzo on the right team, he can be a more important player than LaMelo could probably ever be. But I do think LaMelo has the potential to have, you know, the better numbers per se, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, with, yeah. with the points and so on. But I think Lonzo can be, you know, a very important role on a championship team. Like, he's a good facilitator, good defender for a point guard. So, uh, I definitely think that it's going to be something that will be debated, you know, for a long time, like I said. That's good for LaMelo, you know, triple-double early. I mean, that I think the, the Hornets definitely would be happy about that. But like you said, you know, the Hornets, I mean, that means he's getting a lot of shots, a lot of opportunities. you got to think that they're probably playing from behind a lot too. So it's a different type of game flow and attack and, you know, perception, all that all together, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I do think the hype is, it's getting there. I'm not going to say it's it's real yet because we have to see it, you know, at least do half a season, full season, things like that. But, I mean, as far as Lonzo, and a lot of people don't know this, but I'm pretty high on Lonzo. And, Lou, I agree with you. I think as the all-around player, Lonzo is better right now. Like you said, besides really maybe scoring slash shooting, there's really nothing that LaMelo's better than Lonzo at. And at the point guard position, you know, he's one of the best defending point guards in the league, one of the best rebounding point guards in the league. Like you said, Lou, great passer. Great playmaker. So I think right now Lonzo definitely is still better. I think LaMelo's a little bit more flashy. So he has a chance to be, not going to say the better, I'm going to say the more popular player because I think he's going to have that appeal that, you know, scoring 30 a game and, you know, that kind of superstar appeal. But I do think Lonzo is going to be a better player. But on to our last topic. And obviously we've seen Corona, you know, affect a lot of teams. But couple key injuries have happened in the past week, too. The uh, two torn ACLs, one by Markel Fultz, one by Thomas Bryan on the on the Wizards. So, Lou, my question, and Steve, my question is, who's the bigger loss to their team? And for both teams, what does this mean going forward? I would probably say that at this point in time, I think Fultz was playing really good ball. And I think the Magic, you know, really were appreciating his role. And we saw that he got an extension and... He was starting to really figure out what he was going to be, and I think he was going to continue to get better at that. So I would probably argue that Fultz is, you know, the bigger loss to his team right now. And obviously, Brian, you know, a a really good player and promising too. But, you know, like I said, they just locked him up. I mean, that, that Magic team isn't anything great either, you know, so... 
I'd probably say Fultz. Yeah, I definitely agree. Just for the fact that they're what I think they were like eight and two or eight and three at, at, at this point. So they were the second seed in the East. I don't expect that to last, but. He was, he was having his best season yet. He's a solid defender, and their backup point guard is DJ Augustine. Yeah. He's been in the league literally since, like, LeBron was on the Cavs the first time. He's been on that magic bench since then. <laughs> yeah, him and, him and Hidu Turgaloo were yeah. boys. So, and then on the other flip side of it, as much as I do like Thomas Bryant, he may be the worst defensive big man in the league outside of Kyle Anthony Towns. Yeah, Andy and his cancer, so that's really bad. And, <laughs> and at least on the Magic, they can have Bertans play a stretch five and have Mo Wagner, my guy. Ooh, Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner. Hey, put him as a stretch five. He's a big three and four guy, so they weren't good at all. And losing him, the worst defensive player on the team, doesn't hurt a ton. But Fultz is, I think, a better player at this point, and, and it sucks to see a guy like who was broken remade himself and then he gets hurt in his best season it, it, that does suck and man uh, i'm just glad he's not on my fantasy team shout out alex who had him <laughs> and thomas bryant yeah it is what it is lost a tough one to alex last week not going to address that it is what it is beat for going this week so i'll take that but no i agree i definitely do think fultz is the bigger loss um magic were a playoff team right now i know it's only you know 10 11 games in but they were a playoff team last year, no? Or did they just yes, miss the playoffs? The yeah, they were the eight seed last Yeah, that's right. They played the they Bucks the first Bucks round. Yeah, game. yeah. They beat them the first game. Um, so they were a playoff yeah. team last year. And like you guys said, I mean, Fultz was having his best season. So definitely the biggest loss, like you said, Lou. Not much depth at that position. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was backing up Jermaine Nelson his whole career and never really, you know, yeah, made Yeah, Yeah, I think he is. He's yeah, he might be the backup. Please. Yeah, Jameer Nelson's the ba- uh I mean, DJ Augustine's the backup to the backup. Yeah, right. <laughs> the assistant to the branch manager. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, definitely the bigger loss. But I do still think Thomas Bryant was somewhat of a loss. But like we said, I mean, that Wizards team has so much depth, I feel like, at that position. Like you said, you can use Bertans as a stretch. You have Hachimura. You, you have... Um, Fagner. Yeah, you have Fagner. <laughs> and so they're going to, I mean, like you said, they're not much right now. Russ is out for the next week. I think it's a quad, just some kind of stupid. Uh, losing a fantasy yeah, like quad. my whole team decides to either sit or be injured in the same week. It's ridiculous, but I'm playing oh, DePaulo, so I'm going to smack him around by six, 700 points. But, yeah, I mean, Fultz is definitely the bigger loss, but both hold their weight, and I think, you know, it sucks. You never want to see anyone tear their ACLs, but it is what it is. Long season, hope them a speedy recovery, and I hope Fultz can recover for a second time. One division? I'm skeptical. Yeah? I like those characters in the movies, but it looks like a cheesy 50s commercial. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be watching I Dream of Jeannie. Um, like, or, uh, What's wrong with Jeannie? Or the Brady Bunch, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I, I'm thinking it's not going to be like that, but... Well, commercials I mean, we'll are deceiving. Yeah. Well, I, I thought the, the Taco Bell commercial was a Stranger Things commercial, but it's okay. Yeah, that <laughs> it was, lit. That's a great commercial. Stranger Things August, right? Yeah. August My guy t- Steve's coming back with the baseball bat with the pins in it. Lou, you got the Steve hairdo right I now. Do. I do. I <laughs> do. Season one Steve, though. Was long right. <laughs> before he got rejected by, uh, I think her name's Robin. Oh, man. Um, that that was too much, too much extended footage for you guys. So we're gonna wrap things up there. Make sure to tune in to the rest of our Since the Sandbox episodes this week. Make sure to message us if you guys are interested in calling into the show with your questions. And you have to leave us that five star review. You have to. Peace out, guys.